Hello, what's up? I hope you're doing great. And if you're not, things are going to turn around soon. So don't worry about it. Uh, welcome to season two, episode two of Cake and Conversation. As always, I'm your host, Jay Vite. And I got to make sure right off the bat to say thank you for pressing play on this episode. If you're a returning listener, then you know what this show's about. You know what I'm doing here. And if this is your first time checking it out, then I hope you find it at least interesting, if anything else. Each episode, I meet up with different creative-minded people. I bring their favorite dessert and just give them a platform to share their story, where they've came from, where they're going, and give them a chance to promote their content. Today's guest is Andrew, a.k.a. DJ Drew, and he wanted red velvet cake for dessert. Luckily, I was able to snag red velvet cupcakes and I got a couple triple chocolate cupcakes for my brother and I at the um, HEB bakery that's close by my apartment. Andrew, or well, DJ Drew, is the uh, Friday night DJ at Warehouse 72, where I currently work. And after I published my episode from last week with Chef Xavier, Last Friday, I was talking to Drew about being on the show, and right off the bat, he was very excited. It wasn't even my intention in the beginning to see if he wanted to be on it. I was just kind of promoting the show to different people at work, and right off the bat, he was like, hey, if if you're down to record with me, I'd love to be on it. So I was like, sure thing. It was also just beautiful timing, because earlier that same Friday, I'd posted on my socials asking people to tag their photographer friends because I've yet to have a photographer featured on the show. I mentioned this post to him, and of course, it just so happens that his girlfriend is a photographer. So if everything goes according to plan, she'll be the guest on my next episode, more than likely. I'm also recording this weekend with my barber, Antonio, from Urban City Barbershop. Um, So after two years of not producing content, I'm finally, you know, finding my groove again. I mention a lot about not living in the past for very long, uh, but the past few weeks of putting this show together again has, me, has made me question why I ever stopped in the first place. So I, I love talking to people about keg and conversation. I love picking the brains and learning about other creative people while recording. And most importantly, I love that it connects people who might have never had the chance to meet each other. Otherwise, that part is what always gives me goosebumps. DJ Drew was gracious enough to drive roughly 30 minutes from the north side of Houston to meet at my apartment in the city. And he also brought along his girlfriend, the photographer, and his awesome two-year-old son. That kid was pretty cool. Uh, The fact that he has a full-time job during the week, DJs on the weekends, and is raising a young child um, is very inspiring because it's an easy reminder that there's never an excuse to suppress your creativity. If it's truly important to you, you will make the time. All right, you know I don't like to keep you long on the intro or closing segments, so that's enough from me. Let's dive into my conversation with DJ Drew. So when we were first talking last Friday, I was telling you about the show, asked you what your dessert was. Uh, You were telling me like you're not really big into sweets or anything, right? Or nothing like stuck out with you. But that recently it was red velvet cake. 
uh, what specifically about the Red Velvet Cake got you into it? Was it like two years ago, or it, it, it was. I, I'm not, you know, like you mentioned, I've never been too big on sweets, so I think my first time trying it, and I believe I was with my girlfriend at the time, uh, but she had this Red Velvet Cake for some occasion I can't remember, but it was my first time trying it, and I think actually, you know what? I think it was from Nothing But Bunt Cake, and they have this Red Velvet cake there and that was my first time trying it and i was like oh man this is now to go to this is fire yeah so if i you know when i do have the chance to eat sweets i i always go for red velvet let's go for red velvet mine was always cheesecake growing up and then i don't know i'm not necessarily like burnt out on it now but i think i got more adventurous as i get older and especially doing this show it's cool because i'm not picky so when other people say what they want, I get to try different things I haven't had before. So, yeah. but normally cheesecake is always my go-to. Like on my birthdays, I get the cheesecake wheel from like H E B or Walmart, where it's yeah. got like two or three of the different varieties. Um, growing up, you coming from Houston or Houston area? Where are you from? So uh, I was I was raised in Dallas. Wow, uh, oh, Dallas man. <laughs> Damn, yeah. I'm kidding. Yeah, hey, but believe it or not, I'm, I'm even accustomed to you know the the jokes that come with it. Of you course, know? Um, it's a fun rivalry back and it, forth. It is, it is, you know, and. I, Houston, yeah, I never really imagined coming out here to Houston, honestly. How long have you lived here? Uh, I think this will be my third year now. Oh, so yeah, kind of so, new. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then y'all stay on the north side? Are we talking like in the suburbs area? Or? Yeah, around the Tomball area. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, a 30-minute drive. Thanks for making the drive. <laughs> I appreciate it. Uh, growing up uh, in Dallas, uh, big, big family, brothers and sisters, smaller family. So... It was, you know, just me and my sister, you know, so, but on both my mom and dad's side, they come from an extended family. So, you know, around the holidays and everything, you know, we were either in Louisiana with my mom's side of the family, which again is, you know, there's a lot of us on yeah. their side and then my dad's side as well. Um, so lots of cousins and stuff. Lots of cousins and everything. That's cool. Um, growing up, so I we moved to Angleton against like 40 miles south down like 288. I don't know if you know where like Pearland area is. Yeah, Most yeah, people at yeah. least recognize that. It's like 40 miles south or 20 miles south of that, like out in the boondocks almost. It's near a beach, like 20 minutes from a beach. So that's pretty cool. We go to the beach a lot as a kid. But as soon as I was 18, I was like, I got to get close to the city. Yeah. And then moved to moved to Pearland for a year or two. And then eventually, yeah, I got into the city. I just like the energy more, I guess. I can't do the small town or like the suburbs yet. Gotcha, gotcha. Maybe like having the wife, <laughs> kids will help out and I can settle down. But right. Yeah, yeah and then, future, right? Yeah. Well, I'm being 33, I should settle down soon, I guess, but I don't know. <laughs> you hear it from both sides. Like sometimes I'll say, like, eventually I want kids, right? Yeah. And um, you'll hear it from people like, oh, yeah, don't rush it. And I'm also aware of it too. I'm like, yeah, cool. I'm not in any rush. Like, don't even know the right person yet. Yeah. So it's just that balance. Some people, like, I know what freedom I have. My best friend just had a kid last year. So she's a little over one years old now. Okay. And it's awesome, right? He's a girl dad. He's got a little girl and he's there all the time and always taking care of her. And it's fun to see that too. Like once you have a kid, obviously it's that cliche, like it'll change who you are. So um, how old your son now with three, four, two, uh, three? two now. Two? Yeah, just turned two um, end of last year uh, on the third. And then I followed up two weeks after him on the 17th. Okay. So we're literally two weeks apart. That's cool. So, yeah. What uh what changed? You had any like noticeable differences like life, like responsibilities, obviously, or did you have to calm down a little bit or uh are you talking about in terms of, of being a dad, like with Jasper or just with, with myself, like calming down? I guess both, like having Jasper, what like did it was it like a sudden change or obviously like that's everything you got going now, you know, you're doing everything for him. So I don't know if there's a lifestyle change, like coming as a DJ maybe like later nights to where 
now maybe you're doing less gigs to stay home more? Or For sure, definitely. Uh, it was, of course, it was a, a 360, you know, as soon as he dropped, you know, it was, it was life changing. And um it was it's always been for the for the better um because it scoped to me as an individual too um in terms of being the father so i have that drive to want to provide for him yeah you know, no matter what the case may be but it's the provide given what you couldn't have or didn't have growing absolutely. up you always want to make sure they never have to want definitely yes. so you know that that burden of responsibility definitely intensified but with with the DJ part of it as well, um, you know, in the beginning, it was that fear of, uh, you know, how are things going to be, you know, with the schedule that we're about to take on with, with Jasper. Um, but, you know, I, I, I've come to realize, you know, it's, a, it's all about strategy. So if you can strategize just right, yeah. you know, you can still be able to handle your business. Uh, and for myself, it's still being able to take on, you know, a healthy amount of gigs and still be able to balance it out and yeah. be, you know, on the, um, on the, you know, just the responsible side, making sure I can be home and spend that quality time. See him growing up. Exactly. Uh, and then also your day job too, correct? Yeah. Like a Monday through yeah. Friday or nine to five. What do you do there? So, uh, I work with the Hampton Inn by Hilton. Oh, sweet. So, also your similar industry as me then as bartender. Yeah. We're in hospitality. hospitality yep. You know, so I do that. Uh, nine to five, you know, full time. And what your experience with that? And then DJing, you're already used to like relating it to take care of a kid. You're already used to like long hours or late nights, or if you had to wake up at three o'clock when he was a baby, when that, you know, so that's one strength to it there. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, the irony in it too, is, you know, being able to have those, that endurance for those long nights, you know, I, I was going through training when Jasper was a baby, you know, being able to be up and, you know, no, okay, he's about to wake up. So yeah. don't go, don't go to sleep right now. You know, you start getting that just, dad clock in. Exactly, and you, you know, it's kind of like a workout in itself, because you know, <laughs> maybe that was prepping me to be able to have the energy to do the late night stuff and turn right back around, and go back to work. Nope. For, you know, so it's part of that grind. It's part of it. I'm thinking we're probably similar in age too. How old are you? I'm thirty. Thirty, yeah, I'm thirty-three. Okay. So then my brother, who is in the back room now, he just turned thirty. Yeah, he's ninety-two, baby. So oh, yeah, 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 that's right about the same Straight age. Up. Um, going back to being a kid, uh, when did you first start to like, do you have this like light bulb moment with like a passion for music in general? Like even before thinking about DJ, you know, if you're like seven, eight, nine, ten years old or what was some like early music influences, like listening in the car with your parents, mom, grandma music, you know? Man, uh, so growing up, I was really a shy kid, but those moments, you know, while I'm in a car, I, I always remember my mom just playing a lot of music. Like she's really the one that will, you know, turn on the jukebox and will just blast it. My yeah. dad, you know, he he likes good music as well, but I would definitely say the presence of it was pushed from my mother. Mom said, um, you know, I I uh, never really thought about, you know. Oh, one day I'm gonna be a DJ. I was never, you know, thinking yeah. about that as a kid. Um, but definitely, it, it was sparked um, by those moments where, you know, my mom was just always playing. Yeah, just always had music stuff. going. Just always had music going. I had a nice range too. Listen, a little bit of everything. A little bit of everything, yeah. And and believe it or not, me, I'm, you know, I have my certain genres that, uh, you know, I'm not too, 
you know, it's not really my go-to, but she, she'll listen to anything country as well. And would like literally give you songs and stuff. Like, have you heard this song? And would sing it, you know, word yeah. to word. I'm like, man, like really get down with music. Yeah, she's got variety. <laughs> That's know? cool. I mean, obviously music speaks to everybody through that energy, that frequency you find, like depending on what mood you're in or it can raise or lower your mood itself. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um you also like high school or growing up you ever sing do any like any instruments no no uh, no choir nothing no like that choir uh i mean i would do like choir and like um what is it like a not like sunday school but there would be like um uh, church sessions like throughout the summer okay. um, that i would attend uh when i was younger and you know they'll make us do the choir or something like that but Nothing really with instruments. Nothing too crazy yeah, with nothing it. Yeah, nothing too crazy with it. So being 30 now, when did you start getting, when did you start becoming a DJ? How old you say, like how long have you been doing it? Uh, man, I, I started when I was 24. Okay. Um, and it was when I was still in college and I just stuck with it ever since. Uh, was it something that you saw like a friend do or like if you're out at like bars or clubs while you're in college and you see people doing it and you're like, hey, that's something I'm interested in? Or... Yeah, so definitely more of the second option. And it happened just like that. Uh, and I'll, I'll never forget that night. I was just, again, I was out and about uh, and I just remember this DJ doing a transition and I, I was like, man, I, that's awesome. The specific and, transition stuck with you. Yeah, and it was like, okay, cool. You know what? I'm, I'm going to try this out. I would like to try it out. And then, you know, a couple of people that I shared this with was like, okay, well, you know, honestly, you you really should, you know, and I never looked back ever yeah. since, you know. That's cool to find, I guess, like hidden talent or something like you said, you weren't thinking about it growing up. I mean, obviously in your 20s, like we're still young and growing, which I mean, men at that point. Right. So to see something coming on, like for me, like I knew I enjoyed writing, it was like third or fourth grade. I got into writing, did newspaper. Growing up, all that. So knowing at a younger age, but then you finding it at 24. And um, so you say you're a shy person inherently. Where you go, like, pick different DJs, brains, or, like, walk up to them, like. Man, so naturally, like, I, I'm, I'm an introvert first. Uh, but I'm working to find a balance because sometimes I, I think being an introvert could have a negative effect. Sometimes, yeah. you know, it can hinder you. But in that season, um I don't, I don't want to say I was shy enough to just go up to an individual or if it was another DJ, because I, I do remember moments where I would ask, you know, certain people um, for their advice. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm going to say, no, it, it didn't stop me, especially in the beginning, because now that I'm reflecting back on it, uh, when I really had that desire to learn the craft, it, it didn't it was nothing for me to just send a message or call somebody, you know, especially if it was from a reference and stuff. And uh, especially to certain people that I hadn't spoken to in a minute, you know, and it's just like, hey, how you doing? So, hey, look, I want to pick your brain. I'm thinking about doing this. So, yeah, it, it never hindered or, or stopped me from wanting to know information. Yeah, so it was a way like a growth process for you yeah. to help you get out of that. Show. I'll I'll say it like this, and I don't know if I misdiagnosed myself or people say I'm like lying, but I'm feel like I'm naturally introvert yeah. as well. Like I'm shy, and especially as a young kid, feel like I was shy, and I don't know when it was or how totally like I learned to just I don't know. Like you just got to put yourself out there. Yeah. I was sometime we had to do speech class in high school, right? Everybody mm -hmm. did that like semester. 
So it was going into freshman year. I did it in summer school because they were like, hey, you can knock it out in six weeks for the whole semester and get it over with. So in my fear of like public speaking, I'm like, cool, instead of doing a whole semester of this stuff, I can knock it out real quick. Right. Right. And it was the first time because I come from like a small high school. So this class was auditorium style. My first time being almost like a college. So I was like 60 kids. And I learned in the first week, we all have to write the same little essay or whatever, same speech. And it's broken down over like three days that week where everybody just goes and turn and turn and turn and go and do the speech. I learned real quick. Just go first because everybody else is worried about writing their own still. And if you wait till the very end, you just keep thinking about it. And I think that's kind of what helped me. I'm like, get it up there. Nobody really cares. Like people will listen to you, but also people are selfish, like not in a bad way, but people are so self-involved. Like get up there and say what you want or yeah. And then I've also, I've always, always been a fan of like comedy and that helped me kind of like, I wasn't necessarily a class clown, but I would try like little like smart alecky remarks here and there. And when you get that reaction, kind of gives you that confidence similar to probably like being a DJ, you know, like you're playing a track and I mean, everybody's having a good time. All of a sudden you switch and something else comes on. You can almost see the moods shift in the room. Yes. You know, you see that energy pick up. So yeah, I'll tell people going back to what I was saying, like, I feel like I'm the most outgoing shy person. Or just the shyest outgoing person, you know. <laughs> now people get to know me. And I'm like, dude, you're crazy. You'll talk to any stranger. You don't care. And I'm like, it's almost like a defense mechanism. I feel like, like if I can talk to you first, I ain't got to worry about you. Like I'm non-confrontational. I don't know my neighbors here. I don't really. I want to keep to myself. Right. I don't want, you know, like people knocking on the door. What are you doing? Or like, no. <laughs> so I tell people that's why I moved to Houston. And like, if you don't like people, why do you come to a big city? I'm like, because you can be anonymous or just keep to yourself. Keep to yourself. Yeah. Growing up in that small town, everybody knows everybody. You know, so I like to lay low and it always catches people off guard. But then hearing that, like, you're in a similar situation where and I think you're even more maybe reserved or the introvert than I am. But then also you're a DJ. Right. You know, like how those styles contrast. Exactly. Yeah. It yeah. almost gives you that platform to express yourself, I guess. Yeah. Uh, that's something that I've even thought about as well. I think it's it's, it's funny because when you really get to know me, I, I am really reserved. But how can you be able to switch up and it's, it's like, man, I, it's something I'm still trying to figure out, but yeah, I, I, am definitely, um, I'm relating to everything, you know, you're saying. It's, yeah. It's, yeah. What's the worst part or do you have like a specific experience that you remember like of a bad set or gig or dealing with somebody like, like an annoyance, I guess, or what was the, or what's the worst part in general, I guess, if you want to go either route. Yeah. The worst part would just be, I guess, dealing with people. Yeah, right. See, there we go. Yeah, exactly. That's crazy how Um, that works. But when you, I guess, start to understand the science and how to deal with people, it's just, it's just a tactic that doesn't really um, dig deep, you know? Um, So, yeah, I think the only bad experience with DJ is just dealing with just people that, you know, could be intoxicated and stuff like that. Yeah, dealing with drunk people. You just have to know how to how to play the game. Yeah. After a while, it's, you know, you just kind of just dust it off. You don't have to take nothing too personal. So. Yeah. I wanted to bring this up because I see it a lot working in restaurant industry. People always going and like, they'll hound the DJ request song, request songs. Like, or they'll sit at the table or the bar and tell me, tell the DJ to play this. I'm like, you got a 20, you got $10, you got some <laughs> cash on you. Cause from what I've seen, you go drop 10, $20 in, he might find a song. Maybe you can't guarantee it, but right. that's what I always feel like would be the most, most annoying part for me. Cause I see that with people as a bartender, they come and hound you for stuff or people think like less ice means more alcohol in their drink. Like, give me the da da da, no ice. I'm like, it's going to be a half glass full of, you know, but yeah. it's that psychology. I guess we can see in both fields between bar. It's dealing with people, you know, yeah. there's that psychology. Like you said, you learn how to 
deal with them. Exactly. It's almost like not manipulate in a bad way or not bad intentions, but you know what to say to get them where you need them to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, definitely the, the reverse psychology aspect of it. You just have to not play the game. Yeah. yeah. I can't remember if I asked you this when we were first talking about it. You don't, you don't ever play poker or never really looked into it? I never looked into it. Uh, I, I would definitely like to learn because yeah. that is definitely all about strategy and, again, understanding patterns. Yeah, you know? patterns in psychology, reading people. Reading people. Yeah. yeah. I don't necessarily like to gamble. I say that and I'll gamble on football stuff. But I like I don't do blackjack or craps or roulette or I'm not playing slots. But and obviously with poker, like no limit hold them specifically. You know, the cards come right. Sometimes you're going to get unlucky or get lucky. It happens. But the people that do it and hustle and can make money off of it, you know, you're sitting there with eight or nine people. And after an hour or two of reading them, you can find the one or two suckers. Like you don't have to yeah. beat everybody at the table. You just got to find one jabroni and start <laughs> leaning on him, you know, find a weakness to where every time he tosses his chips, he's got a hand. But if he announces his bet, oh, $50 and slides his chips out in a stack, he doesn't have a hand. And then you can just take his money all night. Yeah. You know, you don't have to, it doesn't even matter what card you have. So I always tell people that are into psychology or creative people, they think I'm trying to get them to get a bad habit and gamble. I'm like, no, just learn the game in a fun way. Like you can play for free, but it's always that psychology thing. You start to read people's emotions and read their energy too. And it's always a healthy tool too, because it's sharpening that skill. You know, that's a skill. Yeah. You know, well, the muscles like keep stretching it. Mm -hmm. You don't want to get tense. Well, that's a good way to look at it. Okay. So we talked about um, least favorite part. What's your favorite part? Or you have like a memorable gig, like maybe you did somebody's wedding or graduation or just like a, it was a really great night at a specific bar. Uh, yeah, through, yeah, different, different gigs have, have brought, um, you know, all great experiences, uh, whether it was a wedding, um, like whether it was in a restaurant, um, whether it was a private event. Uh, I've always had great, consistent experiences with yeah. it, you know. Have you got to meet anybody famous? Mm. Or like been in a bar all of a sudden and there was like a celebrity or somebody like quasi famous or whatever and they come up and they say something or? Uh, I mean, not uh, celebrity wise, uh, but I've, I've had the pleasure to meet um, some great people though. Yeah. Know, so. What's your um, schedule look like now? Like how often, like how many nights a week are you DJing? Cause you also have that full-time job. Yeah, definitely. Uh, right now it's it's one night uh, every Friday at uh, my spot. House, you know, or it's our spot. spot. Our yeah. spot. Yeah, yeah it's our at spot. Warehouse seventy two, um, and I'm excited for the near future because uh, there's some more um, spots. Definitely one in particular that is uh, coming up. But um, yeah, that's 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 the schedule right now. Yeah, can you talk about it all? The one that you, is coming up potentially, or can't talk about it yet, or uh, so it is a new establishment that uh, is on Amina Drive. Um, it's called The Quad. So I've had the pleasure to... Was that where y'all went on New Year's? Were you telling me about it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah we did talk about it. I just it. remember I met yeah. her at New Year's Eve. Yeah, she was here on New Year's. Yeah, yeah. So that was that's a, a new spot that is um, in preparation of being open. So. That's cool. You like know the owner, one of the managers, or how'd you go about it? If it hasn't opened yet, how'd you go about securing that spot? So um, crazy enough, uh, my girlfriend, her best friend's father is the owner. And when they were hosting tryouts for DJ, she sent a flyer to my girlfriend. My girlfriend sent it to me. I was like, hey, you know. So In there. We, we just tried out. And, you know. When are they supposed to open? 
Well, maybe I can go apply for bartender part time. <laughs> That's uh, they haven't announced the grand opening yet. Still putting a lot together. So a lot still being put together. Stop openings. Yeah. Every Saturday. You say it was like a club, restaurant, lounge it's, combination. It's of, like a combination. Um, it's it's a real nice spot. Uh, food though, like full service. There's like a bar, tables, service, waitresses. Tables, hookah there. Um, oh yeah. yeah, hookah got real popular. Yeah, it did. I mean, it's been around, obviously, but I know I used to GM a spot off Richmond and like Fountainview area and just going down the Richmond strip places aren't really as many like bars and clubs anymore as much as they are like it's hookah lounge. I mean, you can do your bar, they do it there, but it's like if you if you don't have hookah on that Richmond strip right now, people leave. Period. Yeah, it's the new it's the new coolest thing. And, and it I remember being in high school and hookah, you know, being in those. Uh, lounges primarily because that's yeah. where you know it it started at and now it's just you know it's it's like the next I don't know, it's, just it's a new thing that's what you got to be seen you got to tag yourself here you yeah. got to have on instagram yeah, you gotta, you gotta have doing the smoke rings and stuff and oh yeah you're good get it you want any milk with it or anything okay <laughs> and and the thing about hookah too is that these businesses know that it's so popular that you're going to pay a pretty penny for yeah <laughs> like it's just ridiculous Man, work, back again in Diablo, the, the hookah lady was like third party, right? And paid yeah. rent each month to the establishment. And I always thought that was a nice little side hustle. It was something I almost thought about investing in or, you know, you buy a couple, yeah, buy the setup, find it. It's, you know, like DJ, you want to find a spot. Hey, can I come here at this time? Sell the hookah. Mm-hmm. And, 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 you know, make, make your own cut out of it. Yeah. yeah. So that's cool. I mean, that place will kind of be, I mean, like that would be your house or like your spot, you know, like that could be where your main you know, setup is. Have you ever done like any festivals or shows or, you know, I don't know, like where they do like, oh, this DJ and then the next set's another DJ, you know, shows like that? No, I I have not, but that is definitely something on my bucket list that I I, I am stoked to do because I know it's, it'll it'll come one day and I'm I'm like, yeah, I definitely want to do a festival um, or concert just to be able to have that experience. So you've been there for it? What's the largest crowd you think you've had or like people in a room? Mm. <clears throat> About 75 Ooh, to 100 people. 125 was away. Dang, that's a good size. Yeah, All the weddings are good too. Yeah. You already had a girlfriend at the time of the wedding? Uh, yeah. Okay, cool. Never mind. Like, hey, Being a DJ at a wedding, if you are single, I assume it's like being a bartender at a private wedding, you know, if you are single. But yeah. how did y'all meet? Uh, we met in college. We met at uh, Texas State. Oh, you went to Texas State? Yep. San Marcos, right? Yeah, nice. San Marcos. That's cool. Yeah. 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 We met at Texas State. And we've uh, been together ever since? Yeah. Uh, we met in 2019. Okay. What what brought you to Houston then? Was it work out of college, like getting in, you said, at the at the hotel? Or? So it, it, it was um, Jasper because... Uh, Jasper was, we found out about Jasper like April 2020. Okay. Right. And he's a, yeah, he's a COVID-19 baby. Oh, yeah. Okay. So right in the summer of 2020 is when I finished school and I moved down to Houston. Yeah. And started my journey here. Yeah. So, yeah. It's well, that's yeah, a, yeah, that's an awesome city. I mean, obviously, it's got its differences from Dallas, too, but, yeah. you know, you want to come into the metro area. I mean, there's things, whatever you need, you can find it here. Exactly. The only thing I like about Houston is the diversity, and every big city has diversity, you know, but here, like, you can be on three different blocks or within, like, five minutes, and you can get, like, authentic. There's, like, Venezuelan food, 
uh, Ethiopian food there, Africa Thai food, food there. there. Yeah. yeah. And then it's like, they're legit. They're like immigrants in the back are from there and they're making it. It's yeah. not like, I always love the, you know, like, I want like going to Taqueria and I want the abuela to whip up the food. It's, it's just better that way. <laughs> yeah, you know? it is. It is. Yep. Instead of going to like not to knock certain places like a Chili's or an Applebee's or whatever, you know, like, that's what I love about Houston. You go to the small towns and you got your two little spots, yeah, and that's it. Um, okay, so going back to DJing, when you're like, what what goes into preparation? Like, like you say, you just got an email, and hey, in two weeks we're gonna be at this date, and we'll do wedding again. What kind of information do you need to put a set together? Like, is it something to do with how old the people are that are getting married, or how many people, or what kind of music they like and you go from there yeah, or I, I do my research and i just try to fact check everything um so i'm fun i'm finding out what the client is is the client a, a, a coordinator that is just throwing the event for her client or you know so i i find out as much information as i can about who the client is um and who the um the main contact is for the person so that i can be able to, you know, schedule a small conference with them and just pick their brain, um, you know, find out how old they are. So, okay, cool. I know when you were in your 20s, you were in the, you know, so Into this music. Yeah, you know, I can really find out specific information and just kind of generalize what I think you're going to enjoy. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, being able to find out what their playlist is, uh, you know, that just pinpoints it. So. Yeah, that's uh, that's what I do in preparation, and then especially if it's you know, for example, like two weeks in advance. Cool, I get all their music, and then I put my spin off on what I think is going to enhance their playlist. Yeah, and you think like whether the area where you can add the most of your ability into it is like the transitions and going from one song to the next, like smooth. Mm -hmm. like that's where you could do a lot of the creativity. Because obviously when you got a song going where you like got that verse for that particular song, that's already made, you know, so you're there controlling what I get mixed. Yeah. In the mix, obviously. Yeah. So yeah. that's where you get to, do you ever sit around and like experimenting at the house or trying different things like that? Or yeah, yeah. I, I, I always play around. I'm always playing around. Um, but just how you had mentioned it, it's, uh, in, in, in my scenario, it's more about, I just want to make sure the, the transition is just flawless. Yeah. Um, you know, I can, I can get, you know, your songs in a playlist. Okay, cool. But now when I'm there, I just want to make sure it's just, you know, from new creativity, you know, finding out how I'm going to transition it. I just want to make sure it just smacks everybody, you know, and yeah. it, it's a good experience for them listening to that, that transition. Yeah. Cause that's the staple, you know, I want them to remember me for transition yeah. um, but, yeah. oh i didn't think to bring this up at the beginning to uh stage name dj drew right yeah dj drew um you have instagram social media facebook yeah. tiktok twitter uh i'm primarily on ig uh you can find me at official dj drew uh, and that's on ig uh, that's official my... dj drew yeah. you were able to snag that that's solid yeah <laughs> yeah you don't have to put like a two or a oh seven or nothing know, to it, right? right yeah i was definitely blessed with, with that one simple but yeah i had to snack that one right away are you well versed in it too like or to, well, i'm sure she'll help you out with it or and he's yeah. fine too it's yeah we've got a son and a girlfriend here like that's why i like to say with doing the show too like it's real laid back it ain't got to be all like too yeah, stuffy you know well, that's one thing i learned like when i first started doing it because i mean we're not in like a studio it's real i like to keep it because that's how i started doing the show just like conversation instead of interview you know 
You want some cut? You can have a cupcake too if you want. Oh, you probably love, yeah, sugar this late too. That's good. Well, I'm going to take a quick little ad break and then we'll come back and finish up with DJ Drew. This ad is mainly for the gentlemen out there in the Houston or the San Antonio area looking for a top-of-the-line haircut at a competitive price point. Urban City Barbershop is the place to go for signature haircuts, specialty cuts, detailed trims, beard and mustache styling, shampoos, classic razor shaves, and color treatments. I mean, the whole thing, anything you want um, in your grooming experience as a man, they will take care of it there for you at Urban City Barbershop. The whole staff at the Houston Galleria location is beyond friendly and welcoming when you walk through the door. And even after not visiting for about six months myself, uh, my barber Antonio remembered exactly how I liked my haircut. As soon as I sat down, he just rattled it off. Boom, 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 boom. And I was like, yes, you know exactly what I want. That's crazy how you remembered after seeing so many different people every single day. The whole vibe is a classic barbershop feel, you know, with the jokes and good conversation, everybody knowing your name. And it's also set in like a modern and urban setting. You know, it feels inside there as fresh as you will feel after a cut. If you're in San Antonio, you can find their location inside River Center Mall. And again, if you're in Houston like me, it's in the Galleria. Definitely, definitely, definitely ask for Antonio if you check out the Houston spot and he will 100% without a doubt have you feeling and looking fresh and confident when you walk out the door. You can check out the website to book at urbancitybarbershop.com and follow them on Instagram at Urban City Barber Company. You can also check out Antonio's Instagram at Antonio JT underscore. That's the letter J and the letter T. So at Antonio JT underscore. Tell them J from Cake and Conversation sent you. So I'm back with DJ Drew and uh, slowly start wrapping things up. Um, future plans and goals. We already talked about the new place that's opening up. Anything else in general, like along that route? Like, obviously, you want to get to the point where you quit the day job and do it full time, or is it always like a nice side hobby that pays for extra cash? Uh, so it's, it's always like a nice side hobby that pays for, you know, whatever. Uh, but what I've been exposed to now, it's definitely um, added that goal to where if I can be able to, not even if I can, but when I get it in a consistent rotation of, of having um, gigs weekly, um, but, you know, just for extended periods of time, that's when I don't think I'll be able to have time to do that. Do the job, the full-time so, job. Yeah, because yeah. if you're finding like Thursday, Friday, Saturday, then say on your Friday and Saturdays, you go to two places, like you're at one spot from six to 10, the other place from 11 to two or something. Exactly. So. Um, for right now, um, I'm, I'm definitely excited about the future because it's 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 definitely a building blocks game. And right now, uh, in the season that I'm in, it's being able to you know get that that consistent second gig, which I know it's you know yeah. it's an atmosphere. Um, and then being able to partner up uh, with different venues, um, you know, like the Astorian, that is something that I'm looking forward to in the next two weeks because again, you know. A representative heard me from there at Warehouse 72. 
Oh, okay. And, you know, that's a good place to meet people. It is, you know, so, you know, and that was why I had mentioned that, you know, celebrities know, but I've still met great people. Important people. There we go. Everybody's great. We need you to be important too. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, um, man, you never thought about uh, bartending or serving too, huh? Never really been in that, that side of the industry. Mm, I, you know, I've served uh, at a restaurant before, but it's it's not my. You know, everybody has their niche. Yeah, <laughs> I can do it, but it's not that niche. So. Yeah, you, know, you gotta be jaded and burnt out to do it. It seems yeah. like now, but nah, <laughs> it's a good like I guess not side job, but even now, like me and my brother work there, and it's three days a week, mm-hmm. and it's good for paying the bills and it gives me free time to do this. So like same thing with DJing, you got the time where you got your responsibility, job to pay the bills, and then the side hustles. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so let's just say this. I always love asking this question to people to catch them on guard. What do you want to be when you grow up? Uh, the I like asking greatest, adults that. The greatest um, entertainer when it comes to DJing. Uh, and I want to be able to propel this business to where, you know, I can be able to just do what I love to do. And that's just, you know, being a good DJ. So yeah. I want to be able to you know, use this talent that God gave me and be able to serve others with it and just be the greatest at it. Yeah, because maybe you influence, like somebody had influenced you with that transition you were talking about or that one moment, you get to influence other people. Like one day and you wouldn't even know it. And one day somebody comes up to you and is like, hey man, three years ago I was at this show and you were the reason now, you know, like you might see something, you might go work a festival or a show or something, right? Yeah. And one of the guys on the list too was influenced by you and you're like, oh, like getting those moments. But you ever considered doing something like this, like a podcast or I guess all the kids now are Twitch streaming or never thought about something you could do just for like create more content? Yeah, uh, I'm definitely interested in transitioning to using Twitch uh, just because of the politics that come with it. Uh, especially for DJs. Um, So that is something that I'm also excited for because I, like to put out content, but I'm real picky with my content. Okay. Um, so do you like to overthink it or over edit it or I have those, those moments occur here and there, but once I get back into my zone of, of understanding, well, not understanding, but realize that I don't owe nobody anything then there I put go. it out. Do it for yourself. Exactly. So, yeah. One thing I learned early on, because sometimes the show will be rough around the edges, but I was telling you off here, that's one of the things I like about it, being rough around the edges, you know, or like having family over and it being fine or being yeah. real laid back. Um, but you just got to, I learned, you put content out. Because by the time people are digesting it and listening to it, you're already creating new content and you're getting better. And you can't always listen to people. Like it's good to have constructive criticism, but some people are just always going to talk bad. Some people are always going to be supportive. Sometimes you get the constructive criticism, but it's always just put the content out. That was my thing too. It's like, once I started again, like I started it last week for the first time in two years, it's like the next week you got to have another show and the next week do a show. It's like, like we were saying earlier, going to the gym, you go and you get in shape, you're starting to get loose. And then if you stop for two or three weeks, all of a sudden you fall off and you don't go back for six months or same thing with DJing. Like right now, you got that set Friday gig, no matter what you got time to focus on full-time job, two year old kid, girlfriend, home family life. But you know, every Friday, Hey, I get to go to this place. And, yes. and you know, do, do what I love to do. Yep. Well, man, it's been great. Hopefully you get to enjoy the cupcakes. Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm definitely saving it for the ride home. Sweet. <laughs> I like got the red bell, but you're going triple chocolate now. <laughs> you don't need no milk or nothing with it. I always ask people, most people don't do milk. I'm a big milk guy. With sweets. I, you know, I, I do milk with, with my dessert. Yeah, yeah, yeah. got to. I'm going to send you home a cup if you want. But, okay. Um, again, do uh, 
social media? IG, what's the Instagram again? It's that so uh, all the people can look you up. Official DJ Drew, that's where you can find uh, my page and my work. Uh, definitely check it out. And uh, any other questions, inquiries about bookings, you know, definitely reach out to me there. Sweet. All right, man. I appreciate you stopping by, driving 30 minutes. Me, man. Yeah, it's definitely fun, but it's, yeah, you know, definitely look forward to the to the next one. And, yep. Many you know, more to come. So have you back on. So <laughs> yeah, it's no problem. It's been great. Thanks again to DJ Drew and his family for driving 30 minutes into the city on a Wednesday night when he has a full-time job and works weekends. Uh, it means a lot to me personally. His schedule seems to stay pretty full, so I'm fortunate that he was excited to come record. I really love and am fascinated by his ability to be introverted or reserved, I guess, yet he expresses himself as a DJ in a very social and loud environment. It's just a, it's a really good contrast to see how somebody can pull that off. It's almost, you know, putting yourself or taking yourself out of your comfort zone, doing something you enjoy doing, but, you know, putting yourself in uncomfortable situations. That's how we learn. It's how we grow as people, I feel like. Um, like I said earlier, I plan on having him and his girlfriend and even hopefully their son over again next week so I can record with her and talk about her photography business. I also want to thank you, the listener, for checking out my show. I know I say it a lot. There's infinite content out there in the universe. So if you made it this far on this episode, I truly am grateful. I'm still knocking the rust off, you know, getting comfortable again with putting this together, but very, very confident it'll get better and better and better and better each time. Until next time, catch up and sit down with an old friend or a family member that you haven't talked to in a while and enjoy some cake and conversation with them. And I will talk to you soon.